everybody, and welcome to another episode of Know Your Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Sylvester. Along with me, as always, is Richie Filmer. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you, dude. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Mark. Awesome. And we're here to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. So today, Richie, my man, uh, we went to see quite a, an eclectic mix of matches of this show today. So what did we watch? We have been to uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling, our uh, home indie promotion, to watch the 2019 UK, basically, J-Cup for yeah. the UK Championship. Well, for the UK uh, tournament. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's the first um, junior cup I've been to, so it was, um, I enjoyed the show, it was a lot different to our normal shows that we see, but it was... Uh, very good, they pulled in a bit of star power, which we'll talk about later on, but um, yeah, it was good, Mark. Yeah, I mean, did you, I mean, how did you kind of like find it? It was just mostly junior heavyweights and when we see before, like, quite an eclectic mix of different, like, styles and matches, but with this one, it was literally eight wrestlers having a tournament, the winner of their match will go on to a four-way elimination match, because obviously, the time they had to do that, but, I mean, because obviously it's your first, because I went to see it for the first time they did, did the Super J Cup in England two years ago, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. And yeah, no, it was all right actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's my favourite uh, New Japan show, but to be honest, they always do deliver. And uh, I didn't sit on my hands all night. You know, I got involved. I enjoyed it. It was great fun. Um, but you're going to expect that have a Red Pro show. I mean, they're always good fun to anyway. Um, it was quite high flying tonight. Um, yeah. We saw some unifications because uh, you said to me earlier, Revolution Pro brought out a like a South Pro Wrestling or uh, another small indie promotion, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw a unification of the tag titles, which uh, was a mix between heavyweight and junior weight. Um, yeah, no, it's good fun. It was good fun. Um, yeah. you know, loved it, loved it. And then, if you guys don't know, the Super J Cup is, as we said, uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling version of the of the J Cup from New Japan, which is basically their um, junior heavyweight tournament so it's kind of like the more uh, light heavyweight wrestlers are the ones who then wrestle and um, basically strive to become the champions so that's yeah. cool so what, what we thought we would do is because uh, of the how they did it is with Red Pro they do intervals so for the first half we had the four um, matches and then the winner of those matches go on to a final so what I thought we could do Rich is just do a quick summary of the four and then we'll go into more detail of the second half matches including the final as well yeah. so the first match we had was Sensor Balto versus El Fantasma yeah so this was a great way to kick off the show I think it set the pace for the whole entire evening really um, El Fantasma bringing that heel heat oh yeah massive heel heat uh, like he's such, he's such a good heel because I remember last year when we saw him he was such a great face it's, a, it's really good to see how he's able to then take on the heel persona so well as well yeah 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 Still representing Bullet Club, which I think, to be honest, is a bit of a dying um, faction. Yeah. Uh, so much a dying faction, but it obviously hasn't got the star power like it used to. It doesn't mean as much, and I don't think there's much affiliation with Bullet Club anymore between the actual like, members and stuff. Um, but Al Fantasmo still playing the cocky heel, which he played the whole night. Um, he done double duty. The French guy he was wrestling, what was his name on the card? Uh, his name was Senza Volto. Senza Volto. Now, he was quite good. Um, yeah. I don't know much about him or his history or 
um, any backgrounds on him. Lucha Libre star, the Spur, pro wrestler from France, so you had the right mix of Spur characters in there. Yeah. It was a good match, to be honest. I think El Fantasmo, I think the four-way match was a lot more exciting, but it's going to be. Yeah, because but, the fans uh, don't want to get all out in the like quarterfires, in a sense. They want to kind of like do more for the actual final. And yeah, because yeah, the thing I liked about the match is both wrestlers were able to shine, and the fact that El Fantasmo was such a great heel that he was attacking. Um, we call him the French Luchador. Oh, Vo- uh, Voto Tan, and he was literally, and then Volto was able to sell so well as well. I was like, yeah, I thought it was a really good match and a great way to open the show. Yeah, on the back of that, in your opinion, these tournament style pay per views, yeah, past eight, do you feel that when they do the obviously the elimination matches to start and then go into the, the final bracket, do you ever feel that? that can damage a show because everyone's running on sort of like half speed in the first half of the show and then obviously they want to conserve their energy for later on in the main event so like guys don't go into a match and go absolutely balls to the wall because they know they've got to do the same thing again later on in the evening as your thoughts yeah I'm, I'm a bit kind of 50-50 about that honestly because it's cool to have a tournament but the one thing I like about the tournament in itself is it only ever happens maybe once or twice at the most of the year. But I do like, but if for a tournament for me, I think the best way to be done is something like a New Japan G1 or the Super J Cup themselves, where it's kind of like they have different matches each time, because I yeah. agree with you, because even though it's cool to have a one-night tournament, you have these different matches, but it does feel like sometimes that they do some of their stuff half-assed. Yeah, I mean it's not hard. It's still they still do good, but they go they don't go into that fourth gear. Yeah, and it's obviously, you know, it's kind of like when you look at the El Fantasmo match, he won by I believe it was a roll up after a low blow. Yeah. So you're kind of being quite conservative because you're not showing the fans the finishes and everything. You don't want to show them twice. Yeah. So. You've got to be quite creative as well in these kind of tournaments because you can't say, for argument's sake, Stone Cold Steve Austin hits us. You can't say that because you could hit 20 stunners a night and get the same pop. But you can't do the same finish twice in one evening because the fans have already seen it. Yeah, and it doesn't have that wow factor either when you do it more than once. Exactly. Because some finishes have that wow factor of any time it gets done, but other ones are a bit like, oh my god, that was so cool too. That was cool. Yeah. But I've already seen it earlier tonight. Yeah, so obviously yeah. keeping into character, I often says my one of the low blow to the French Luchador. That's the best way I can remember him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was low blow and then a roll up pin, all behind the referee's back. So it's quite a good way of obviously, um, it's an ultimate tactic of a hill going over, but it was effective. But the majority of the match is quite high flying still. Um, nothing like the main event when we get there and talk about that later on on the podcast. But uh, yeah, no, it's a fun match really fun match I mean what did you take away from it did you enjoy it yeah, yeah I enjoyed it yeah I enjoyed it um, I wanted Bonzo to win yeah. but you know but, but, you they, but, but they kind of have to book El Fantasmo strong because he's the heel and you want him to lose it's kind of Rev Pro and New Japan do is acting such a way that even though he won you're like you bastard I wanted you to lose which is great heel hit so yeah and it'd be quite strange to eliminate the 2018 uh, you know, UK J-Cup champion or tournament winner. And also the champion of the division as well, like straight away. Yeah, no. Yeah. So obviously going in there as a fan, you, you know, 
El Fantasma is going to go over. But it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was you know, good. I kind of had with that match my kind of like cavefabe hat on kind of thing. You know, I was kind of like, yeah. you're a heel, you're a babyface, I'm sure the babyface kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then the next match we had was between Robbie Eagles versus Barbaro Cavanario. Now, this could potentially be, if it wasn't for that main event, how, how rad that was. This could have been a contender match tonight. Oh, yeah, completely. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, that guy comes out, not Eagles, obviously everyone knows Eagles. He teamed up with uh, Will Ospreay at the uh, Copper Tin Box place at the um, Royal Quest show. And they also do stuff as well to give a bird to prey, and they're like quite a big tag team. I think they recently, didn't they recently, maybe a month or so ago, wrestled for the IWGP Tag Team Championship, like the junior heavyweight version? Yeah, they, they went yeah. in for the juniors. Um, so obviously he's quite a good friend with Will Ospreay. So this match was fantastic. Bobby Eagles makes his entrance and everyone's going ape shit and it's, it's brilliant. And then the uh, <laughs> the opponent comes out and the closest way I can describe this listeners is basically imagine a Fred Flintstone gimmick with Haku playing Fred Flintstone on steroids. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at first I was like, who is this guy? Because oh. a lot of fans knew who he was. I even said to you, like, do you know him? And you were like, no. And then I was kind of like, okay, he's wearing a Fred Flintstone costume. This guy looks really, really weird. Yeah. But, oh my God, he was good. He was, like, in that match, it literally turned me, and I think it turned all the fans well, being like, this guy's really, really good. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about what he received after the match. Yeah. In, in, a, in a bit. just Because, yeah, he wasn't. He was, he was great. Like, everything he did was really good. He knows his character. He's a great character. Um, even though he came out looking at Fred Flintstone, looking back and he kind of but okay, I can see why he did that because obviously he's yeah. like a stone age man it's a little bit like uh, Taz when he done the Tasmanian devil thing before yeah. um, you know early ECW but yeah he had this um, the, the, if you ever google him and you see the images he looks like a fixed set he looks like a heavyweight wrestler he looks fixed set he's not cut to shreds he's quite bulky big chest big back big legs but he moves around well, this is hence why I was in this tournament. He moves around like a, like a cruiserweight. Oh, yeah. Um, he kept up with Robbie Eagles, which in itself is quite an achievement. It was unbelievable. that There was a couple of high spots. In, you know, the guardrail literally broke in half. Oh, that was... And then, and then we were saying, like, shit, because like, we weren't down there. Yeah, yeah, because we was actually sitting up on the balcony this time for a change, weren't we? Yeah. And, um, yeah, they'd done a spot where... Was it like a running dive to the outside, but the, the guardrails basically broken off. The whole crowd were just like, <gasps> you know, there was that moment of what we just seen. Um, oh, it was uh, easily a contender for the uh, for the best match of the night. It's blatantly the second. Completely, completely, man. Yeah. So uh, what happened at the end? What uh, uh, afterwards, everyone was chanting then for. Um him to come back, Carbonaro to come back. I mean, that is what you want. He's a debuting guy. I don't know if he's a debuting guy in Red Pro, but when you've got the whole please come back after losing to Robbie, I mean that, that that's a that's a huge pat on the back. Oh yeah, Matt, Matt massively huge pat on the back, considering like how uh, popular he was and stuff, and the fact that he, and then it shows that Adley, Andy quickly were like, all right, then this the fans like this guy. We'll bring him back. Yeah, and if I saw him come out again the next time we go to a red pro, 
I'll be excited. I'll, I, you know, you know when we have their moments where we look at each other and go, this is going to be good. Yeah. If he comes out, I'd love to see him versus someone like, um, I reckon him and like Charles Samuels would have a fantastic match. Oh yeah, me too, man. That'll be a really good match. Because he could keep up because of the size of him. He wouldn't look out of place. No, not at all. I don't think it would look out of place in the slightest at all. No, it'd be good. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, so Robbie Eagles won that fall and qualifies for the main event. Yes. And then the next match that we had was between Rocky Romero versus Michael Oku. Yeah. 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 What was your thoughts on this? I liked it, but out of the four, I think it'd be the weakest one, honestly, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I like Rocky. I like Rocky Romero a lot. I, I love Michael Oku. He's fantastic, but I just couldn't get into it honestly. I, I, I mean, I, I could, but then I couldn't. If you know what I mean. Well, my bloke who done a bit of a Chris Jericho tonight, so he was doing the show for Progress apparently. Yeah. And he done double duty for Rev Pro tonight. So tonight alone, he's had three matches. I think that they put it with Rocky Romero being the vet. Yep. Uh, Rocky led the match. Didn't really give uh, Mark Loku a lot. I think he protected him. Um, it was a slow match. It was a bit of a dull match. It was probably the least exciting, most exciting um, match on the card, in my opinion. Um, to be honest, I like Rocky Romero, but there's not much of his work that I've seen that makes me go, God, he's amazing. Yeah, neither to me either. No. I think the best match I saw in wrestle was against um, Zack Sabre Jr. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think we saw him once and it wasn't at the um, York Call, it was at another bit. And yeah. we actually went. Was that a Pro or New Japan show? It might have been New. Was it, was it in. Um, where was it? Was it the Brixton Academy? Or was it the Brixton um, Leisure Centre? Or was nah, it. Yeah. Or was it in. Uh, where, where did we. Or was it in Milton Keynes? No, it was the night we saw not, uh, Nitro. Nitro, but. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, um, I remember that being quite good. He's quite—I he's, think he's more of a tag team specialist. But um, yeah, coming back to tonight, it was a bit of a slow match. Didn't really get into it as such, but it was the second—was it the second to last match on the first half of the card? So yeah, it was yeah, yeah. So it was okay. Obviously, Mark Oku's already worked for Progress tonight, and <laughs> he's come to Red Pro and this is his first match of obviously two. Um, yeah. He's in the. He won that match. So he won this match. We're talking about to go into the final. So yeah, I think it was a match more for Mark Loku just to chill out a bit. But sure. it was a bit of a slow match. And then the fourth match that we watched was uh, between Pack versus Amazing Red. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a really good match. This was a sick match. Now Amazing Red, you know a lot about him from TNA, I believe. Isn't it? Yeah, I used to watch TNA a lot when I was ch- uh, younger. Actually, I wasn't a child because I remember it being like 17, 18 at the time uh, on the old the wrestling channel. Yeah. And I remember him wrestling against AJ Styles and all these other people. I also remember him having Don West as his manager as well. The what, sorry? Uh, Don West was his manager. Oh, Don West, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember Don West? Oh, yeah. yeah. You gotta be kidding me! Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always remember Don West purely for his. Um, Shop TNA. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was so good, man. I loved, it. I loved it with the Shop TNA. That was Shop so fun. TNA. Yeah, it was a good match actually. I like Amazing Red. Obviously, there's a lot of um, respect for Amazing Red. Um, and Pac being as good as he is. Yeah, absolutely brilliant match. It's probably had 
Now, of all the singles matches we saw tonight, probably the most high spot. Oh, yeah. And then have a match on the card. Um, it was all mostly from Amazing Red, though, because he knew he was going to lose, so he wanted to put on a show for him, which is really cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it was a clean finish as well from uh, Pac, but the match was fantastic. Obviously, seeing Pac live, you can see why he's AEW. Oh, you can, yeah, completely. You know, you're sitting on the balcony looking down, you're thinking, like I said, like, this guy's been a mania. Like, yeah. this guy's worked for the WWE for years. Um, he walks to the beat of his own drum. You know, he first signed up with AEW, and apparently he didn't want to go to lose in his first match, so he didn't wrestle. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's because he was the world champion of, Dra- of Dragon Gate, and he didn't want to lose because he didn't want to diminish their championship and stuff. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Which is fair so, enough. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, and also, well, it makes me appreciate just how good he is and how they waited him as well. Like, he was so good in WWE. When he was King Neville, that was his best. He was so good at that. And I loved as well where he said where some fans shouted him, so you're a bastard, Pac. And Pac goes, so are you. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, that wasn't a very good uh, Newcastle accent, but it was so funny. Everyone there, like, yeah. you're a bastard. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was brilliant. Like, Pac is amazing. I love Pac. Yeah, I mean, Pac stays in character the whole time. Like, he yeah. wasn't there. He could have made a shit ton of money on all the graphs and stuff, but he didn't, he didn't come out. Like, he played the heel. He played the heel properly. But he had the same persona as what he's got currently now in AEW. Mm. Black trunks. The only thing they didn't have was his AEW theme music or anything. But they still called him their bastard Pac. Yeah. And, uh... Even though he stayed in character, he was having fun with it. Like you said, someone shut up, Back, you're a bastard! And you hear him go, No, you're a bastard! And the way he says it back, yeah. like, he, he was out of breath as he was climbing the turnbuckle to do some high spot. He just looked up and went, You're a bastard! You're a bastard! And it's he made so everyone good. laugh, you know. Yeah. He really is smooth as anything. And he made, yeah, amazing red. Now, I don't, I don't mean this as no disrespect. He may have lost a step. Because obviously he's starting to wind down. And oh yeah, and he's a bit older now. Where yeah. ten years ago, well that's the thing. Ten years ago, he was, it's bad, isn't it? Just how much difference. Yeah. Like ten years ago to now, like he is because he was around in the early two thousand. Yeah. Like with TNA and stuff, it was crazy. Like he was one of the first. Not ex- he was around like exhibition stuff. Yeah. He's a oh, he's a star man. It's sad the day when he retires because he's inspired so many different people. Yeah, and stuff, and it's really cool to see him like, oh, fuck my retirement, I'm going to wrestle again. It's really good to see because I really like that. Because yeah. he could have just stayed retired and been like, you know, enjoyed his retirement, but he's like, no, I'm going to put on some matches for people and make him enjoy it and stuff. Yeah, it was really, really good. But the thing is, right, and it, it's great, you know, you look at, we've just come from an indie show, which isn't one of the biggest shows Red Pro do, and we've just seen Pac. Yeah. So you've got someone of amazing red age, and this sounds so disrespectful disrespectful but it's not obviously people want to see him do the high spots you know they want him to go in there and play his greatest hits put him in the ring with Pac Pac will one make you look great two keep you safe three sell like Dolph Ziggler but oh, yeah but it makes you look amazing you couldn't you couldn't give someone like amazing red market Oku like it just wouldn't work he's not as technically polished as Pack is in the ring so when you give Amazing Red Pack, mm-hmm. you're going to get a great match Amazing Red will just follow Pack's lead and it looked like a 10 out it looked like a 5 star match oh yeah completely so fantastic booking Pack and Amazing Red fantastic again 
this easily could be another match of the night. Now we're talking about it, it's making me think, yeah, okay. Pack and yeah. Red, great match. Pack wins, Pack goes over. Fantastic um, appreciation from the crowd after the match, after the bell, when Pack's left and the Major Red's in the ring. Crowd standing up, standing, standing applause. Yeah, saying to thank you, Red, and stuff. And like you can see, actually, Red like cry as well, which is really cool to see as well because you you can see that he actually cares about the fans and he appreciates our love for him and stuff as well, which is really cool to see. Because a lot of people would have just been like, "Thank you," but he was like, "Thank you," kissing the uh, ring and stuff, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the interval happened, and Uh we met some really cool guys who liked our t-shirts and yeah, yeah, plugging the the old podcast and whatnot, it was really good fun meeting them, and then we had the match that me and you both missed, the Young Lions match pretty much. Yeah, I think like they, we were getting drinks at the time, so. Yeah, we were getting drinks, and, and obviously you get a 15 minute interval, we bumped into these guys outside, and they were saying about, you know, you should definitely go and watch a bit of progress, so I think, brothers, as we will go to progress. And then we were telling more about definitely going to more Rev Pro, to the first Rev Pro show, we were like, the show's good, but wait till the second half is going to get better but also as well go back and watch more of their other stuff because it's so good and they were saying that they've watched Rev Pro before and stuff they wanted to watch like pack and these kind of people because obviously they have a relationship and we were asking them about progress because obviously with the WWE uh, relationship and stuff so it's quite cool to kind of meet like-minded people like us and yeah. you know it was just really I, I enjoyed it because it was one of those things that you know they were really nice people and yeah. yeah, I mean, wrestling fans are like-minded, but it was funny because we, when we first arrived here, we was actually on about, funny enough, talking about, let's go to a progress show, and we both said, it was as we were walking to the event, yeah, I'd love to go, but now it's got that WWE sort of lingering around it, is it still going to have the same feel? But these two chaps that we spoke to, they said, no, go. They said, the atmosphere is fantastic at a progress. We've never been. We'd love to go. If given the opportunity, when they're in London, we will go and we yeah. do the shows. Um, but on like Mark just said, the flip side of that, go to a Rev Pro show. But I mean, we've been to Rev Pro and seen, you know, with Osprey and Jack Sabre Jr., Suzuki, Tanahashi, you know, um, Okada, Okada, Naito. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Like, this was quite a weak show when you look at the cards. But it is named, but it's not as good as it has been. Yeah. And they loved it. And that was only the first half. Obviously, things picked yeah. up in the second, so... Oh, I wish, I wish, looking back, we could have gone on Arsenal before the second half of the show. Yeah. Because that second half of the show, because they were a bit... They were a bit kind of like, well, they didn't find the fans to be as engaged as progress was. But that second half, the fans were really into those matches. Yeah, especially the main event. Yeah, the main event was, and the women's match as well. That was that was that, that had a great crowd too. That was brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was really cool to meet the like-minded people, and uh, from what I heard from the crowd, the um, young lions match seems to be quite good. Yeah. No, I totally missed all of that. Yeah. Fair, but, um, we were, you know. And then the next match that we had was for the um, unification of the. Red Pro and Southside Championship because as Richie said earlier Southside have been recently brought out by Red Pro and it's kind of like in a sense now their extra feeder system and they do stuff with them as well yeah. and you had the Legion versus what was their name? It was uh, My, they called it the Moonlight Express that's it the Moonlight Express but it was basically Speedball and a Japanese lad called Teo I think they said Teo I think it was Teo yeah let me double check 
and this is one of the things with the evening where you had two different styles clashing. So the the Moonlight Express were the cruiserweight kind of tag team um, against uh, the Legion, which is the heavyweight tag team. Now the Moonlight Express were taken from the South Pro or Southside Wrestling Company. Um, it was okay. It was like Martin said, it was unifying both tag belts. They done an okay job of explaining what was happening. Yeah. Um, I think to be honest, they're probably going to drop the South Side titles and just use the Red Pro Tag Championships, which they should because they are the home company. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an okay match. A bit hard to do when you've got two super heavyweights against two flyweights. And I personally like watching Speedball on his own. Oh yeah, Speedball was really, really good. Yeah, Speedball's fantastic. But I quite like that Teo guy, his partner, he was pretty good. Yeah, he but, was okay. But also as well, I kind of feel like, even though it was that kind of match, I felt like both teams worked their roles to perfection for me. Yeah. Like you had Speedball and Teo as the, um, uh, as the um, underdog baby faces, and you had, had the two monsters literally destroying them and stuff. And it's like, it's really interesting and cool to see that because you kind of, do really have that much nowadays? No, you don't get and it. And it's kind of like that old school. And you also have as well, like, Mike Bailey for ages not being able to get his um, hot tag in and that kind of thing. It's just cool just to kind of, like, see the... Kind of felt like, to me, like a very sort of, like, 80s, early 90s, old school tag domestic match. Yeah, it's a bit like watching The Rockers versus someone like The Natural Disasters. Yes, oh, completely. Back in the 80s, where you would take forever and ever to get the hot tag. And then when it did happen, the crowd pops, mm-hmm. like they should do, so... Yeah, work in the crowd. Um, yeah. yeah, it was an okay match. To be honest, uh, so, uh, let me just explain. The Legion consists of... Um, uh, it consists of... Who's the tag team? It's, you've got the... Um, you've got the Great O'Khan and Rampage Brown. Rampage Brown and the Great O'Khan. Now, you had the manager of uh, the Great O'Khan, which is fantastic. He's a great Oh, I guy. love Gideon Gray. He's so oh, good. Oh, mate. It's lovely to see him. But on the back of that, you had randomly as a second to the tag team, Shah Samuels. Because obviously, Josh Bodum has been expelled and completely terminated from Revolution Pro Wrestling. So I think they're a little bit, little bit hanging on to Shah Samuels. Don't really know what to do with him. So they kind of just slapped him with this tag team as a second. It's... Um, it's a, it's a fun faction, but what are they doing with Shah Samuels for a pro? Are they punishing him? Not giving him ring time? Uh, I'm not sure, because the thing with Shah Samuels is, unlike Josh Bodum, he at least apologised and stuff, and actually went to talk to the referee and like, I'm really sorry I did that, but I did it because of this reason and because of storyline. Because of storyline, and he was like, shit, there's a bit of a blunder, I want to keep the face. And that kind of thing, and what Josh Bowler did was disgusting. He should have done what he did, and that kind of stuff. But kind of like go back to the subject. I really like the way that Great O'Connor's is completely different now. Like yeah. he's kind of changed. He's a lot more serious. He's not as gimmicky as he once was before when we saw him for the first time last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when we first saw him, I think we was there on his debut. Yeah, we were. Uh, he came out wearing a bit like um, a Japanese, like big Japanese coat and like sugar papery kind of stuff with question marks all over it and when he took it off in the ring he, he it was a bit like a drunken monk like a drunken yeah. boxer style um if you ever played wu tang take the pain he was a bit like um old dirty bastard 
that's oh, like okay. the style kind of character. And also a bit like Bo Raichi from Mortal Kombat as well, you mean? Yeah, Bo Raichi. Yeah. yeah, he was drunk in style. Yeah, that's drunk in boxing. That's yeah. your martial arts style. Um, you don't have to get drunk to do it, but it's all about being fluid. It makes you look drunk. Um, yeah, and, and it, was, it was a really gimmicky kind of thing. But now he's serious. He's got the, he's got the tag team straps. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see him serious. Yeah, he's in a gap. He's worked for it. He's got it. And he's but he's pretty good himself as well. Like he's crisp and everything. He works his like role really well as well. He's really good. So it'll, it'll be interesting, interesting to see who they um, get him lose to because obviously he's too undefeated. So unless they have him have his first loss in a sense, be uh, via Rampage Brown. Then that way he's lost, but he has to take the pin. A bit like Chris Jericho at AEW. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you defeated in tag team division, but not in the singles. Yeah. Um. I like him like this. I'd like to see what he could do in Japan. Yeah, he's he's had a few matches in Japan, but apparently he's supposed to be really good in Japan. From what I've heard. So he was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He was, okay, yeah. Cause he's had. I think it was in the tag team. He's done a few other matches. I think he also did. Oh, and did some stuff for their tour of the uh, America as well when they did their most recent like tour in uh, it was happened the same night as Full Gear oh ok so, yeah yeah. so they won the, the Legion won the uh, Tag Team Championships unified them I believe they've done in clean yeah it is yeah it was a clean victory for the Hill team um, they unified the Tag Championships obviously you're going to see uh Mike Speedball back. He's worked with Red Pro before. That's the company that introduced me to him. Yeah. So the other Japanese guy, they probably keep as a tag team and may start a feud. Um, but at the end of the match, there was a new team that entered called the Northern. Uh, uh, North. The, 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 oh, 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 oh. Who are they called? Basically. Oh, Kings of the North. Kings of the North. Um, do you know, do you know what, what that's a reference to? Uh, I'm assuming it's Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. My name's John Snow and I need firewood. And the King of the North. Oh, I'll send, send you a door. I'll send you a Robin. Because when they came out, people were cheering for them. As, as we said earlier, their music was really cool and stuff. Yeah, music was sick. But I had no idea who the hell they were. I had no idea. Now, these guys must be quite big in the South wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's kind of cool when you don't know who they are, but other people do. It reminds me of like when you hear stories of the territory days when it was like some guys would work in California for a while, then go up to Canada and they would trade for like six months and stuff. So you're seeing all this new talent come in. Mm. We're sitting there going, who are these guys? But you can see like a quarter of the crowd are like going absolutely apeshit crazy. It's like a massive surprise. Um, look forward to see what they do because they're the same kind of size as the Legion. Yeah, so I think we're going to get a heavyweight uh, program for the Tag Team Championships, which is going to be sick. So we look forward to that. Definitely, man. And the next match which we had was uh, the first of a double main event between Tasha Blanchett versus, can't remember her name? Uh, o Canada. Yes, O Canada. O Canada. Cassie or Kelsey? But she was Galicia Shaw. There you go, there's a mouthful. Um, yeah, good match. Yeah, very good, very good match. Very good. Tessa Blanchard is as amazing as I've always seen to be on Impact and stuff. And yeah, hearing about her, watching her highlights, like she, oh, she was crisp as anything, wasn't she? She, she was very, very good. So well, she was definitely one of the best 
hurt and pack when you look at the obviously who's on TV every week getting paid a hell of a lot of money mm. and you've got these two that are on TV every week it makes you realise why yeah oh yeah completely they are so 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 good both carried the matches but talking about Tessa in particular for this match with um, O Canada I'm going to call it O Canada okay we've referenced her name if the pod if the pod universe want to keep that in mind we're really forgetful shall we just call her Shaw sure why not we'll just call her Shaw yeah Shaw versus Blanchard there you go there we go fantastic Blanchard obviously carried the match Um, great bit of technical wrestling to start the match bit of chain wrestling yeah it was really good wasn't it yeah I thought as well like it was really cool to see the fans cheat for Tessa as well like when she came out she was quite over but I also kind of like the fact as well because even though in her other promotions she's been seen to be like a baby face but in Red Pro she was the heel so it's quite interesting to see that dynamic of her being the face in this match I mean the heel story well when you're the daughter of a horseman you're going to be good in any role oh yeah completely Um, yeah and I think when you start a wrestling match with really really crisp chain chain wrestling you know you're in for a treat oh yeah completely um Chain wrestling at the start of this match was a bit like watching Zack Sabre Jr. It, it really was that crisp. Um, so you stage one of the match, obviously a bit of chain wrestling, and Tessa's the one who makes the first heel um, reference. You know, goes to shake the hands ashore and ties her up in another headlock and starts striking. The crowd are really, really, really. It's, it's, it's a mix. Obviously, they love Tessa. They're respecting that work, but she's getting the crowd the boot yeah oh yeah completely she's doing her job and she's great fun watching her do it yeah. really enjoyed the match yeah what did you take away from the match I mean what bits stuck out for you I mean, personally for me it was chain wrestling I know that's uh, one of the bits that I really liked was uh, just how crisp she was and also some of the moves that she did there was that one move where she ran, where she did the double knees in the stomach and did this like DDT kind of move and I felt like she killed her yeah that, 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 that bump was beautiful like the way, way yeah. that she, uh, Shaw took that move was like insane. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. So it's like, what was this? So like a whip to the turbuckle, and then ran into the turbuckle, double knees up. Yeah. And then as she comes down, follow it up with a DDT, all in one fluid motion. Um, beautiful work by Tessa. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this Shaw lady, she, this Shaw wrestler, she, was I've never seen her and I think she's going to be a name to look out for yeah. I see her on TV Tessa might try put a, good, put a good word in TNA or we might see her in a dub progress probably progress she really was good high flyer yeah, yeah. I mean the I uh, like some of the high flyers the only thing that I wasn't pretty much a fan of was there were two botches that I found for me was when she did her like um, like spinning like move. Yeah. Like, when she when she did the spinning side to the outside, she then she head busted Tessa Blanchard. Then she head butted Tessa. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard. And then when she did that same move, it looked, when she landed, it looked like she landed on her legs. Yeah. So, and when she done that, yeah. I was going to say like when she done that. Um, well, if you think of both botches, it was the same move. Yeah. Yeah. But the first one she done from the top turbuckle to the outside, I saw that and they hit heads. Yeah. And as soon as they hit heads, 
Tessa said something and she stayed down. What I said to you, they've actually hit heads because there was no control with the move of the dive. Uh, she was a tiny bit concussed, it threw her out of the match a bit. Then there was a bit of blood, a massive red mark on Tessa's head. Yep, and then uh, yeah. Tessa gave um, Shaw a massive potato, which was. Oh, that, that must hurt. Yeah, I said, yeah, like, yeah, she grabbed her from behind, like a tyre, and, um, yeah, Tessa threw her rear elbow straight in the face, and as soon as she'd done it, I went, there's the receipt. <laughs> like, yeah, it really was stiff, stiff, stiff as big as a knife. And it also just shows how tough she is, the fact that she's been, that she headbutted that hard, and she's like, no, I'm going to carry on. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times I would have, like, I remember seeing Cara, the former the before the one now, yeah. that she had a little pearly finger and wanted to quit, and it's like, but you're a wrestler, like, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Austin got broken there. Right. Yeah. So I remember the, um, going back to the second one, but besides that, I thought Shaw was very, very good. And then, yeah. the, and then after a while, the crowd was getting into her, she was like, come on, guys, and then the crowd really got into her, and I was quite surprised that she won, honestly. I thought Tess was going to win. Yeah. Obviously, being the biggest star, more people wanted to see her because when they saw Tessa Blanchard was there, I was like, oh my god, we should go rich and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, even though, yes, you could have met her, I'm like, you know, it's just, just been cool to see her, really. It was good to see her work. Uh, I yeah. Mean, I don't, I've not seen much of her work. I've, I haven't, I haven't. I've seen her work on YouTube where people have shared stuff and I've gone, oh, okay, let's watch this. And I think her dad being in AEW's pulled them. Blanchard's name back into the industry a bit more. Yeah. Uh, the fact she's got an inter-gender match with Sammy Callahan. Uh, Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. So I've got a tongue tie with that. Right, so uh, I've had my tongue tie with uh, Saint Blanchard. <laughs> yeah, like... You know, don't you, but... <laughs> yeah, it's got my chain of thought, but basically, seeing Tessa work, is eye-opening. She really is that good. Oh yeah, she's 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 fantastic. And to put Shaw over tonight was a massive. Um, it was a massive thing, you know. Like yeah, all the fans are thinking, "Well, this is blatantly Tessa's." You know, Tessa's going to go over. Now she put Shaw over. Really nice. They had a cuddle in the ring, and you know, nice words said and shook hands, and yeah, it was a it was a great match. And I think we're going to see more of Shaw. Yeah, I do. I hope. I hope. And we also. Hope you might see more of Blanchard as well. Um, Rev Pro was really, really good. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. And then the final match, the main event. Main event of the evening is for the Super G Cup 2019. Between, we had our boy, the bastard. The bastard. You bastard, yeah. Uh, pack. Pack, you bastard, yeah. Versus El Fantasmal. First, who was the former. Uh, what 2018 Super J Cup slash 2019 New Japan Super J Cup winner mm-hmm. um, then you also had Michael Oku and Robbie Eagles Robbie Eagles yeah great match uh, obviously they saved the best to last night like we said at the early start the top end of the podcast we felt that the first half of the uh, night was a bit slow and you can see why they had to compete in this four way match what a match. Yeah, man, what a match. I mean, I missed some of it because I had to pop somewhere, but, uh, but what did I miss, Richie? Okay, so it starts off really, really, really funny moment at the start of the match. So they're all in the ring in their corners, and El Fantasmo is taking his jacket off slowly, he's taking his glasses off slowly, 
everyone's just looking at him, waiting for him. The crowd are starting to say, come on. Anyway, he goes to give it to one of the young lions outside the ring. And as he passes his jacket and his glasses, he says, come here and pick it up. So the, the young lion slides in the ring and he stomps him. The crowd boo him. Everyone's booing him. The pack, start, pack starts clapping and laughing. <laughs> and he goes, that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. That's fucking... And the crowd of pop, like, bell ring, sing, 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 quick start. Fantasmo goes for Eagles and Pack goes for Roku. Throws them both out of the ring. Dirty wrestling to start. Um, so the match basically starts on the outside, which kind of makes sense in a four-way because you need to... You need to get the ring empty, really, to get two in there. It's like a triple threat match. You, always have, you don't have them all in at the same time because it'll be too crowded. But, um, no, it was fun to start with. Very high slide, very straight off the bat. It was 0 to 16, two points, staying seconds. It really was good. Um, I'm trying to think of the highlights from it, really. It was more. It was quite divey to start with. That's, that's all I can say. Nothing stood out apart from one move which... Alfon Tasmada. Now he does old school, and when he does it, he he walks corner to corner to corner, and each corner he gives the opponent a slight tap in the head of his right foot. He got to the third corner, and um, Pat was sitting on the turnbuckle because of uh, an exchange with Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles is out of sight, out of mind. So this is quite hard to explain, but Alfon walks across the turbuckle holding Oku's hand, hits Pack a few times, puts him over his shoulders, puts him in a fireman's carry, walks halfway across the top rope again, holds in Oku's hand, he's on in the ring, he's got Pack over his shoulders, and then in one fell swoop, basically fireman carries Pack into the ring, hitting Oku to knock everyone down. Really, really, really clever spot. That sounds amazing, man. I'm so Miss, I miss that now, but yeah, it's a cool spot. Everyone stood up and clapped. Quite a dangerous spot, really, because one lifts and have all the fallen over the place. And yeah, yeah. I think the reason why he did it because they know how crisp and how good he is. So it's kind of like, well, we're going to trust you to do this move, and because yeah. they're putting their lives in, in the other guy's hand, really, as well. But yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. 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 The let off as that might do that. You know, I mean, not being funny, I think Taz might fucking. I mean, he's brilliant. Oh, he is, isn't he? He's really, really good. Like, he's so good in the ring. It's crazy. But have you noticed, like, tonight, mm. you, know the, you know the cross of what, what Ray Phoenix does, where he stands on the top turbine, uh, top rope, jumps to the second, bounces back up to the top, yeah. and does, like, slips off. That's starting to get used quite a lot, even tonight. Yeah. Because the French luchador guy that Robbie Eagles wrestled to start with, not Robbie Eagles, um... Oh, uh, Fantasmo. Oh, Fantasmo, yeah. yeah. He's done it in that match, he's done it in this match. I don't know if Ray Phoenix is setting a bit of a standard here, but was it coincidence? But I've not seen it before in Red Pro. No, new, new revive. But I thought it was really cool, and it's one of those things when they see something so popular and so good, everyone steals each other's moves, don't they? Well, yeah. Like, look how much used the Canadian Destroyer is talking about that move, but we saw that match as well. Yeah. That move is used so much nowadays. Yeah, we do a Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, <laughs> DDTs as well. Look at look at the DDT. Oh, uh, you've got one wrestling now. You've every single person. So yeah, it just happens. Like someone makes a move, and then everyone remembers that wrestler who invented or innovated the move, and then everyone else uses it. So, but look at the super kick. Yeah, I mean now that's just uh, 
just a move, it's just a move. I mean, it's still cool to see, yeah. but it's not like a finishing move anymore, it's actually one, two, three. But yeah, I mean, how did you find the way that pack got eliminated? Did you, like, how did you find that? Obviously adding to, obviously he didn't, like, lose per se, but the way that he was able to keep character and still be a bastard. Yeah, it's keeping, it, it's, yeah, you can't pin him. You either pin him or he wins it. So you can't pin him, so he has to win it. Yeah. Uh, so you got to eliminate by using still chair on Oku to get some heat and to make Oku look really beaten down. Yeah, it was okay. I think it set up a match later on down the line, and we'll explain this later. I think Pax is going to return to Red Pro for a bit. Oh, he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is the good thing about AEW. They, they don't have their wrestlers on each week. They give wrestlers two or three, two or three weeks off, four weeks off. They can go and do their indie stuff or to stay at home. Their schedule's a lot better. It's not like the WWE. So we get to see people like that. Um, yeah, so going back to your point, yeah, he used a steel chair on Oku outside the ring, got sort of seen by the referee, got disqualified. He was the first elimination in the match. Yeah, yeah I think it worked. How did you think it worked? Yeah, I thought it worked. I was a bit upset, as we said earlier, about Pac not uh, winning it. But I thought it worked for his character, honestly, because he's known as a bastard and it's cool to... But then he kept on just hitting him as well afterwards, even though I got the score by the fuck it then. Yeah. And then uh, Robbie Eagles had some really good exchanges with El Fantasmo, and then El Fantasmo gave him his sick punch, and then el- eliminated um, Robbie Eagles. The same way he beat uh, Luchador in his first match, <laughs> yeah. first on the card. Yeah, so that leaves us with Michael Oku and El Fantasmo. Mm-hmm. Now, that was fantastic. That really, really was fantastic. Uh, we still haven't said who the winner is yet. No, yeah. But, well, yeah, you what's your thoughts on the last two? The remaining? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, the fact that they were trying to use, like, the moves of former Bullet Club leaders and members, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I kind of like the whole cut in a way, of Mark Woku, and then also hitting the sun and stuff. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. And even though Michael Oku was completely dead on the floor after being completely destroyed by Pac, yeah. the way he was able to stay with a baby face and, and come underneath and how the fans were like, come on, Michael Oku, yeah. come on. Yeah, they wanted Oku to win. Yeah, but I, but I do feel like even though Michael Oku is such a good baby face, I feel because he's wrestling El Fantasmo, he kind of had that 50-50 of everyone wanted Michael Oku to win, yeah. but also wanted El Fantasmo to lose. So it's kind of like, you're telling me, are you smart looking? Yeah. Oh God, there's characters, there was characters there, sir. Man, WWE needs to watch the Red Or their own NXT, really, as well, <laughs> Yeah, or they could watch a bit of Triple H. Yeah, go and listen to Triple H, been, you know, 50-50 people instead. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so obviously you've, you've got Mark Loku, who's double duty from Progress tonight and having a match earlier on in the night. Elfin Tasmo won his first match by DQ, no sweat. He's the uh, last year's winner, the Japanese, you know, New Japan version of the Cups winner, so he's a double tournament holding champion. He's the British Cruiserweight. Yep. British Cruiserweight champion. He's got all the gold, he's part of Bullet Club. He's being cocky, and then he realises after he hit a uh, one-winged angel, Mark Loku kicks out at one, and the crowd went... Mental, oh, they, they didn't, oh. they? The crowd popped 
like a good one. Yeah, I thought the roof, honestly, it was the biggest pop of the night. Oh, it was. It was a massive pop. Mm. And the fact he even kicked out of one as well, that was even more impressive. It was, and I'll tell you what, that got the, that made the crowd pop. Oh, Everyone's yeah, Everyone's used to a vehicle. Now, yeah. give him a one count. That's where he holds up. Yeah. And then did a Stone Cold Stunner. And the crowd, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, later on in the match after that, we had two Canadian destroyers. We had a Styles Clash, a Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, one with a, uh, one one with Angel and the V-Trigger. The other V-Trigger, yeah. And the finish of the match. How was that? I thought that was really good. I loved it. It kind of reminded me of the old sort of like Kurt Angle where he would have a wrestler in his like the ankle lock and then as soon as he thinks they're going to grab the rope, like, nope, come with me and he pulls back in the middle of the ring. Yep. Yep. And who won? Uh, Marco Oku did. Marco Oku won the 2019 Revolution Pro Wrestling UK Junior Cup. And and it's kind of nice for us because we've seen Mike and Oku at the start of the card last year. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. We feel like we've been with him on this journey. And it was legit tears. His mum comes to ringside. The guardrail, his friend or his brother or Revelation came. Really, really nice moment. There's, there's not pyro, but there's like, um, like, like confetti, yeah, streamer kind of stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah big gold cup. And who comes down? Pack. The bastard pack. <laughs> oh, oh dear. And he destroys Michael Oku and then throws the uh, treasure, which completely smashes the floor. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, they just, they just did that. Yeah, the crowd are booing, shouting out, you bastard pack. Yeah. You, you royal bastard pack. You're a bastard. You're a bastard. And then, before the lights go out and the camera goes off, Michael Oku gets the microphone. And I believe the date was December 15th. Yep, uh, Uprising. Uprising, he says, I want you pack. Uprising, December 15th. So I think that confirms pack is now going to wrestle on the 15th. Is that, yeah. is that the, uh, your call? Yeah, it is, yeah. Cool, so I'm going to check with the boss, i.e. the missing, and if I'm free, and if we are, we'll probably give you a review on that show. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So, what would you give that show overall out of five? Oh, five. Um, all like the matches and stuff. Because normally we would review match by match, but we'll just do the whole show instead, just to say. Yeah, the whole show in general for me was three and three quarter stars. Okay, I would probably give it for me a four, honestly. I enjoyed it, but it missed having those other people. But for what it is and for what they did, I was like, I really enjoyed it as well. So, yeah, yeah. really good match. I mean, it, tells, it shows you. Again, Rev Pro. Like, it wasn't really a packed show, but they still had Tessa Blanchard packed there. You know, you, you, you was losing. I'll tell you what it was, you didn't have your New Japan team then. No. I think that you felt that a bit tonight. You didn't have your Tanahashi, you didn't have your Suzuki, you didn't have your Sack Sabre. Um, well, I feel like even though they didn't have those stars, they still did well enough that we still left the show being like that show was amazing, that show was really, really good. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, that show was shit, they should have had this person in person there. But we were like, that show's really good, guys, you should go out and watch it, which I think you should. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. If you're going to watch it on, like, you know, Rev Pro Demand or, you know, uh, their replacement server, like, 
their replay service. Do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a good match. Honestly, it was a great show. I do, I do, I must admit, I do like my Japanese drunk star. And you wasn't going into this event expecting it. No, so you still expect a good show. And it really, really was. So, I personally to you guys, I might sound a little down on the show. I'm really not. I really enjoyed the show. I really did. Um, yeah, love it, love it. I was just like my passion towards Bullet Club and Chaos and I, you know, yeah, great show, great cup. So happy to see Michael Oku win it. Oh yeah, same um, here. Took away a lot from the show. We saw the Unification Tag Team Championship. First time I've ever seen Tessa Blanchard wrestle live. Um, and Pack twice in one night. Yeah, really enjoyed the show, guys. Thank you, Ben Pro. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I second everything Richie said. So, Richie, my man, before we head off and before we like say our little club and stuff, who was your MVP and match of the night? Uh, Pat was my MVP and match of the night goes to main event. Okay. For me, my match of the night is the main event, but I have two MVPs. One would be Tessa Tessa Blanchard just for the fact of how over how good she was. And the fact that after having her head pretty much smashed, she was able to continue with the match and do as well as she did. And our and Al Fantasmo for playing his role to perfection. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do like that. I second that. Um, yeah, back is still my MVP purely because of his Christmas in the ring. Um, I think that he, put, he worked so well with Amazing Red. And if that's going to be Amazing Red's last ever match against Pack and Red Pro, we'll reword that differently. That might be Amazing Red's last match, period. I think Pack has done injustice and made him like a thousand dollars. Oh, yeah, completely, man. We lost Bray really wants to match against Amazing Red before he retired, so maybe uh, yeah. we lost Bray and be able to get one out of him as well. That'd be a really good match as well.